every one of the friends, relatives, citizens, and all others who came to receive and welcome him. Performed by this divine grace, and sit back to the left of Swami Prabhupada. The Supreme Lord Personality of Godhead is neither impersonal nor an inert object, unable to reciprocate the feelings of his devotees. Hear the word Jata Vidhi, or just as it behooves, is significant. He reciprocates just as it behooves with his different types of admirers and devotees. Of course, the pure devotees are of one type only because they have no other object for service but the Lord. And therefore, the Lord also reciprocates with such pure devotees just as it behooves. Namely, He is always attentive to all the matters of His pure devotees. There are others who designate Him as impersonal, and so the Lord also does not take any personal interest. This is how the Lord is equal with everyone, reciprocating their mood. I continue. He satisfies everyone in terms of one's development of spiritual consciousness. And the sample of such reciprocation is exhibited here with different welcomers. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport. To the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, 11th chapter, 21st text. In the matter of Lord Krishna's entrance into Dwaraka. Krishna promises or explains that he reciprocates with everyone according to how they worship him. So according to that, Krishna is playing the part of a human role on this planet, then he plays it perfectly according to the protocol. Ugrasena, the king, came to receive him and offer him due respect as a junior. He goes to come and embrace him, he'll embrace them like that with everybody he reciprocates. Pure devotee comes, watery eyes with love, tears of love in their eyes. Krishna will also reciprocate with them. He reciprocates with everyone just in an appropriate manner. So Prabhupada uses this point 
In this world we tend to be very impersonal. We bring our impersonal concepts over to the Supreme Person. And in this world, whatever personal experiences we have, many times they are causing us suffering. So therefore we want to think that spiritual life is nothing to do with personality. Therefore this way we'll be insulated from suffering. But actually Krishna is the perfect person. He doesn't let anybody know. He responds appropriately just as it behooves for every circumstance. So the devotees, they give a reciprocation of love. The demons who attack Krishna, Krishna reciprocates them just as it behooves. And he defends himself. And if it warrants it, if it behooves it, they reciprocate with the demon and kill him. If it doesn't behoove it, he will spare of Kaliya, Krishna jumped on the heads of Kaliya and was dancing. The wives, the Nagapatnis of Kaliya prayed to Krishna to have mercy on their husband. That their husband was not a devotee, he was a demon. And therefore they should he but he should bless. So in this case, maybe Kaliya deserved to have been annihilated. But because his relatives intervened for him, pleaded for him. So Krishna was dancing on his head. With every, well, it's pretty difficult to dance on a moving serpent's head. So he's therefore known as Mataraj, he's the supreme dancer, Matavara. You hear about dancers complaining that the floor wasn't level. <laughs> this was a moving floor. But Krishna, by the touch of his lotus feet on the head of uh, Kaliya, gradually knocked out all the poisonous nature of Kaliya. And he was gradually turning into a different person. He was a hateful, poisonous snake that was killing people indiscriminately with his poison. By the touch of Krishna's lotus feet, he became mellow. So this is possible. So Krishna reciprocates. 
patriarch is entering the capital city of Dwarka and all the devotees are coming to greet him. He's been gone for some time. So they're all missing him. So he reciprocates with each one. I mean God also, Krishna can reciprocate with each one of our needs. People all over the world of different faiths and different religions, they pray to the Lord and He reciprocates according to their faith. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement is there for people of all the religions. To help people to achieve pure love. If we approach the Lord in pure love, then obviously He's going to reciprocate differently than if we approach in some kind of business mentality. Generally, we approach God asking for something mundane. Approaching for some material benediction. Therefore, it's a conditional kind of approach. So Krishna also reciprocates conditionally. In order for us to practice personal interchange with Krishna. Obviously, Krishna doesn't want to be the guinea king. Because if you approach him in the wrong way, if we are directly, face-to-face, -face interacting with the Supreme Personality of Godhead in some offensive manner, then that would be detrimental and undesirable. So the process is while we're in this world, we serve Krishna through our spiritual master or through spiritual masters. Spiritual masters like anything. He's the practice person. But he's very merciful and tolerant. He just needs a devotee himself. His job is to train people how to serve properly. So he has to also find out the, the areas that need improvement point out the defects. He has to encourage the areas which are going properly. Krishna is watching how the disciple serves the Guru. What is the respect? What is the manner in which the disciple is approaching the spiritual master. 
So whatever that service that's offered to Guru, Vishnu accepts that. So today, Swami Subhak Swami Maharaj's appearance, we have a discount. Maybe seventy plus spiritual masters, of which this one is Subhash Swami is one of them. I know him since uh, since I came to my airport. Someone. He became a devotee in England, in uh, Birmingham, London or Birmingham. Anyway, at one point he was preaching in Birmingham. He's actually from Calcutta. His uncle, his, his family is quite aristocratic, from a very old Bengali family, and his uncle was one of the famous cricket stars of India in the past years. His name was Pinaki Rai. Probably nobody now know I mean, old people know. So like that, he was from a really well-to-do family and they sent him to England to get his master's degree. And there he met Prabhupada. He got his master's degree and he met Prabhupada. And he became a devotee. He preached there. Bhakti Prajnananda Maharaj from Malaysia was given a book by Subhak Maharaj. And, he, and so they're old friends since then. But Bhakti Subhak Maharaj like his Vartman Pradesh Guru. So I remember when he came back to India, he was a brahmachari. And his mother came out to see him and wanted him to go back home. The Prabhupada was upstairs in the room and the Prabhupada would always say that all Bengali mothers, they're very affectionate to their children. Sometimes he told Prabhupada Vishnu Maharaj, you should preach with the courage of an Englishman and the heart of a Bengali mother. He's from the UK, so they're very soft-hearted and affectionate mothers. So when she saw her son, she almost became mad. She was rolling in the floor of Prabhupada's darshan and she was crying, I can't live without my son. And it was a real scene. And then Prabhupada said, no, but your son can go with you. She was like, really? Yeah, we, we don't object. If he wants to go, he can go with you. We're not objecting. We're not keeping him here. So she was like taken, you know, aback with no resistance. But he has to decide if he wants to go with you or he wants to stay here. <laughs> so what do you want to do? 
Subhan. I think that time he was still the Ramachari. And then, um, well, Subhan was, one of his name was Shri Prabhupada. In of all the extreme affection from his mother, but he wanted to serve Prabhupada. But he said, Mother can come here and see me, give me to him. He could keep making contact and everything, but he wanted to remain in the mission. Later, the mother, they, come, they still come, they're very nice family, and uh, they chant Hare Krishna. They mellowed out later. It was just initial short seeing his, her son as a priest. But the last time they saw was uh, as a student. So, like I said, you can see that Subhadra Maharaj was very attached to Prabhupada. Prabhupada had a darshan from four to six every day here in Mayapur. It was a special feature in Mayapur. He said that Indian people want access to their gurus. The sannyasis, the gurus, they should be approachable. So therefore, he had this open hour, two hours actually. So then he, uh, at that time, without fail, Subhad Maharaj would be there. He would take advantage every Not everyone, but not all the devotees would come, but he would always come and ask Prabhupada questions and be there. So there was a very personal, loving relationship between Prabhupada and uh, Subhad Maharaj. Subhad Maharaj, he was not like a manager. Take them, take a lot of pressure. But uh, he was a very good preacher. Always is, he still is a very good preacher. And he's very affectionate to all the uh, his God brothers and everyone. So I think Prabhupada was very affectionate to him. I was thinking that how this verse reading today in the Bhagavatam, Krishna reciprocated. How Prabhupada reciprocated with Supagmas. How he reciprocated with everybody. We had an opportunity to serve Srila Prabhupada, which was purifying. We can see how Prabhupada would reciprocate with the affection of the different devotees. Bhakti Chur Maharaj would keep coming every time. Bhakti Chur, well, he'd be like that. Was, at one point, he became one of the servants of Prabhupada. But normally, when you're a servant of Prabhupada, you bow down at the beginning of the day, and that's like enough. But he would bow down every time he came in. Even if he was gone for 20 seconds. Again, next time he bowed up, say that for now. So sometimes Prabhupada wanted to speak to him. It was like you know, urgent. But he would be going through the whole protocol of, you know, full obeisance and pranam. And then he would probably be sitting there, you know, don't be an Andalat Bhakta sometimes. Truly <laughs> Andalat. I want to speak to you. <laughs> but uh, all very affectionately and like that. Like each one's very soft feeling with Prabhupada. The Prabhupada had to be also very soft. I was always getting the thoughts. I was uh, maybe a little neglectful, so I needed to be woken up sometimes. So, so like this, he would be a little affectionate, but sometimes scold me for my mistakes. One time after scolding me very heavily, pretty heavily, not so heavily, but maybe he thought it was pretty heavy. 
That was pretty devastating, but... <laughs> then yeah, I, then I, he called me back after a while. And he said, how do you tolerate me? I'm such a harsh spiritual master. That was the worst. I, mean, I was the one who made the mistake. Why are you apologizing to me? Uh, but then he was like just testing to see whether how much I was really, you know, did he go too far? Did he ruffle my rings too much? Did he? Then Prabhupada twice he did that to me. So he was always like very careful. Occasionally, he, not very rarely would get heavy, but uh, occasionally he did. Sometimes he would check to see whether it was too much. So it was. I think how we have the to the Guru, we get the opportunity to actually uh, practice what it will be like dealing with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But for that to happen, there has to be a proper Guru-Disciple relationship. If the disciple doesn't have proper respect for the spiritual master, if there's not a proper affection or proper devotion, then the spiritual master can really be very open in all the dealings because the relationship is still not so developed. And if you get too heavy, I thought I'm probably asking him what he was, he was saying, I'm so harsh, I thought, well, Prabhupada doesn't think I'm very surrendered, that's what he's checking. I thought it was like, you know, somehow I failed because he thinks that maybe nothing about what we do that was going to break my faith, but anyway, I thought just testing me now, it's another test, you know, it was a heavier test. I remember how, uh, what is it, uh, Ramananda was saying in 1967, maybe, Prabhupada walked into the 22 Second Avenue, was it 22 Second Avenue? 26 Second Avenue. 22. 26 was the first street. Um, then uh, everybody paid a basis to Prabhupada but put their feet to the deities. So the Prabhupada with his cane, he reached over and tapped. Brahmananda tapped him on the tail and said, Don't put your feet to the deities. Because his first reaction, look around, why me? Everybody's facing with their feet to the deities. Why I got singled out? <laughs> why I got asleep? But then he, his realization was that, okay, it was actually a blessing because Prabhupada knew that I could take it if he singled me out or chastised me, I'm going to take it, I'm going to swallow it. Maybe some other new devotee wouldn't be so submissive. So that sometimes some devotee may be used as an example to train the other disciples. So one gets chastised, not specifically because 
that person is the only one at fault, but he's the one being used as an example to train everybody else. So everybody should learn from what's happening. I remember once Siddha Prabhupada was instructing some disciple for a mistake and some other disciple just came in and started like smiling, thinking it was funny. He's getting the sauce, he's getting instructed, he's getting chastised or whatever. And Prabhupada looked, you know, like, what's wrong with you? This is meant for you too. That night that devotee got real sick, who was laughing at the other person being instructed. Got food poisoning. Somebody sent a cake, a luxurious cake from France, a kind of pastry, but it was Krishna knows how many days it was in transit. And actually had become poisonous. And just that devotee happened to taste the cake got food poisoning, which is very horrible. I mean, I don't describe the, what happens when you get food poisoning. All kinds of body fluids come out of all kinds of places. I don't know, but we can't say for sure it was connected, but it seemed quite coincidental. And um, you'll learn that the Prabhupada was instructing one, be very serious, Try to understand what was the point to learn from it. Because we all need to learn from our own mistakes, if somebody else made a mistake, from their mistakes. It's not a matter of enjoyment. Krishna's always very smiley and kind. I've never seen him. He does at least to the gurus to do all the instructing. Even when he instructed Arjuna of the Bhagavad Gita, he was with a smile on his face. Krishna is always very gentle and kind. So, spiritual master is also very merciful. He takes the, the devotees of Krishna and brings them to the, to the correct path to serve Krishna. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakurama, Bhakti Vikashmara said that sometimes when the Mahaprasad went out from his room, as the Guru usually give much more Gurus than they can eat, so they, there's something left on the plate. And then uh, it was taken out, he sent a spy to see which disciples were being picky about what Mahaprasad to take or who was being more just taking whatever came or was taking a part was bit off of or whatever who get it a get it a this would be like a test. What was their devotion? Don't make me do that, but uh, he didn't, but let me mention it. All kinds of little things. So, somehow the verse fits to the 
Hare Krishna reciprocates. So Krishna reciprocates with the devotees how they deal with their spiritual master. And as he's saying, it's like, it's like, it's like well, this is a maybe hard issue because, of course, we have some different opinions about Guru, Tatwa, and how to deal different profiles for different Gurus, <coughs> different types of orders of Arendi. Traditionally, we see that Guru is always to be treated with respect. He's not to be considered as an ordinary person because he's a pure devotee of Krishna or someone surrendered to Krishna and serving Krishna. So he's treated as like an ambassador of Krishna. So Krishna watches how you treat him. I remember some place the Guru didn't take any kind of special reception or anything, even in private. And disciples were stepping over his plate. And not treating the initial, the, the formality that was there in the Vedic system was to train someone to deal properly. Once you have pure love, you wouldn't do that anyway. You wouldn't step over somebody's food that we loved. If you don't have, you at least have awe and reverence or respect and you learn how to deal. And that's a precursor, a training to develop actual love. And that's what Krishna watches. How you deal. Spiritual master is not able to reciprocate as expertly as Krishna, his representative, but he's not Krishna. He's a devotee of Krishna. Sometimes the Guru may be more merciful even than Krishna. Even the, the disciple makes offense, so the Guru forgives. Again and again, still tries to bring the disciple back. Even the Bhagavatam said that even if the disciple's fallen, Unless the disciples contaminating other disciples, why should the Guru reject him? What will he gain? The disciple will just be cast adrift in the material world and won't be a help. So the Guru, even though the disciple may make so many mistakes and have so many mother, again and again trying to lift up the disciple and get the disciple back on the track. Because the Guru takes this trouble for Krishna, Krishna is very grateful to the spiritual master. That's why spiritual master is due so much respect from the devotees. Doing a very difficult task. I remember in Vrindavan in 1977, the last days, I was sitting next to Srila Prabhupada. I don't know if I was standing him or talking to him or Someone's right next to him, a little crack between the bed and the wall. And the Srila Prabhupada lifted up his hand. And it was very thin. It was just, it was very thin. Prabhupada used to be so much healthier. And I was very thin and emaciated. He said, look at me. This is because I took too many unqualified disciples. Now I'm getting a reaction. 
Rafael was healthy all the years, but at the end he had no game. So, society was also actually very careful not to break principles, not to put the guru in difficulty. The reaction may not come right away, but it can come different ways. So the Prabhupada said that disciples should be merciful to their guru. We have our initiating guru, spiritual master, he directly takes our reactions. So we give him the most respect, formal respect. And we also have the instructing spiritual masters or Siksha gurus who give us guidance and training. And they're also worthy of respect because they're giving their mercy to us. We have other Vaishnavas who are all like gurus because we're all teaching us by their examples. So we call every Vaishnava as a Prabhu, as a master. So today is the holy name. In this world, the Subhak Maharaj appeared in this holy titi. And uh, fortunately, he's not with us. Physically, but we know he's here with spirits. Also, remember him today. And on this day, we can glorify all the spiritual masters and the whole spiritual masters and the whole Guru Parampara. Once we take initiation in the Parampara, that means that the Guru makes a contract eventually that he'll guide us and represent the Parampara, but it's also on behalf of the Parampara. So we're connected with the Parampara. Later, the Guru breaks his part of the contract. We still should remain part of the Parampara. The rest of the gurus are still there to protect us. So we remain under the Siksha shelter and we further Diksha within the same discipline succession. No matter what happens, as long as we know we're in a borderline discipline succession be offensive to leave him. <coughs> so we're in a very fortunate position to be in this disciplic succession, coming from Lord Chaitanya, coming from Srila Bhakti Siddhartha Sarasitakwa, coming to Srila Prabhupada, his different representatives. So we're very fortunate to always stay this on Pranaya and keep on with our devotional service. So I thank you all very much. I have to, today I'm going, I'm going to run now, I catch a train to um, Orissa, border of the end of Coromandel uh, Bumi beginning of uh, just about almost the beginning of uh, Sri Chetra, northernmost part of Orissa. We have many Namahatas.
some hundreds of thousands of miles away from the planet of Earth to take away the corrupt souls after death and convict them in accordance with their respective sinful activities. Thus Yamaraj has very little time to take leave from his responsible office of punishing the wrongdoers. There are more wrongdoers than righteous men. Therefore Yamaraj has to do more work than the other day than any gods. For also authorized agents of the Supreme Lord. But he wanted to preach the glories of the Lord. And therefore by the will of the Lord he was cursed by Manduka Muni to come into the world in the incarnation of Vidura and work very hard as a great devotee. Such a devotee is neither a Sudra nor a Brahmana. He is transcendental to such divisions of mundane society. Just as the personality of Godhead assumes his incarnation as a hog, but he is neither a hog nor a Brahma. He is above all mundane creatures. The Lord and his different authorized devotees sometimes have to play the role of many lower creatures to claim the conditioned souls. But both the Lord and His pure devotees are always in the transcendental position. When Yamaraj thus incarnated himself as Vidura, his post was officiated by Aryama, one of the many sons of Kasyapa and Aditi. The Adityas are sons of Aditi, and there are twelve Adityas. Aryama is one of the twelve Adityas, and therefore it was quite possible for him to take charge of the office of Yamaraj during his one hundred years' absence in the form of Vidura. The conclusion is that Vidura was never a Sudra, but was greater than the purest type of Brahmana. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport to the Srimad Bhagavatam 1st Canto 13th chapter 15th verse in the manner of Vidarastra quit home. Srimad Bhagavatam Ramtarajaki So this is uh, a <coughs> very inspirational verse. In Krishna's pastimes there are many participants. Some of them are coming from the spiritual world, Golovrindavan, where they eternally residing, but just to participate in the Lord's pastime, they come down to the material world. They may take birth in different uh, families, but obviously not conditioned souls, even though they may play the part of one, 
play that part and as an actor. Then you also have celestial beings from higher planets within the material world, known as devas or demigods or the Christian semantics, they call them angels. We have different kinds of angels, material angels and spiritual angels. So what do you have? Just like in India, there's so many different names for every relation. We have different names for every level of angel. So the demigods are angelic people. So Yamaraj is such an angel. Demigod who came down. It's very interesting what Prabhupada says here. Normally, some of the devas get a chance to preach the glories of Krishna. But Yamaraj, he doesn't get vacation. Prabhupada uses the word, doesn't get vacation. Everybody working, many, how many of you are on vacation? How many are normally working and you took leave to come here? Okay, see? So like that, Yamaraj is uh, holding a very important post. He has to, he has to find a replacement when he goes. He has to get leave of absence. So he has to organize all those things. Saryama so was his uh, replacement. So for him, this is a great opportunity. Now, he doesn't have to be judging all the people for their sins. He can just preach to liberate people. And especially he's focusing on his blind brother. But everybody's hearing the preaching. He's giving regular preaching for everyone. See, Yamaraj also likes to come down and preach. This I was thinking that because that we know that when Lord Chaitanya was in the womb of his mother, many of the devas prayed that they wanted to participate. And in Krishna's pastime, many have prayed they wanted to participate in the Lord's pastimes. So actually many celestial beings had incarnated in Lord Chaitanya's past times, according to Gorgon and Isha Deepika, you have Brihaspati, the guru of the devas, he came as Sarvabhoma Bhagacharya. You have Kalakanta Devi and Sukhanta Devi, the two Gandharva dancers, appeared in Chaitanya Leela. They were in Rachabhumi dancing. Then they came in the Chaitanya pastime as Ravananda Vasu and Satyaraja. It says that Damodar Pandit, he was combined hot tempered Saibya Gopi of Rajalila as well as the goddess Saraswati. 
Since the gopis, the lot of the female players in Vrajalila, they come as male players in Gorlila. Yudhamandar, he was very intelligent, very great pundit for deciding things. At the same time, he had a hot temper. Kuvair, king of the, the treasure of the demigods, king of the Guyakas, he appeared in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes as Kuvair Pandit the father of Lord Advaita. And some people question, how do they figure out who's who? So here it explains that formerly Kuvair was very dear to Lord Shiva. He was chanting the transcendental names dedicated to Lord Shiva. And Shiva asked him to ask for a benediction. He said, it's my desire to give you blessings, a gift, a boon. So Kuvera said, okay, my Lord, please become my son. So we requested Lord Shadashiva, master of the devas, best of the philanthropists, told Kuvera, during my next birth in the material world, I shall accept the position of being your son. So therefore, because Lord Advaita is Mahavishnu as well as Sadashiva combined, the Kuvera became the father of Advaita Acharya. So some things are written, different Puranas, Chaitanya Bhagavad, so those were all collected, different devotees studied the characters of the people and could analyze who they were like. Somehow they figured it out. Or if there was two opinions, they put both opinions. Narayan was Srivas, and Ram Pandit was Parvata Muni. Kasinath, Lokanath, Srinath, and Ramnath were the four Kumars, the cherub devas who always remained young. Chandrasekhar Acharya was the incarnation of Chandra Dev, the moon god. Like there's so many. So actually Lord Chaitanya's womb was filled with celestial beings. And remember once to the Prabhupada said that in his movement, in his society, so many persons have come, even from the celestial planets. I don't expect any of you to own up to which planet you really come from. <laughs> but I'm sure that many of you hearing some of the pastimes and some of the revelations that are going on about Srila Prabhupada from these different devotees, you can understand that they're definitely not from this world. Their realizations and their experiences show that they are out of this world. Shafopad ki. Shafopad's parshat's ki. So we have, like, it goes on and on with so many different uh, celestial beings who came down 
for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu last time. Of course, Thakur Haridas is Lord Brahma. But one person was conspicuous by his absence, and that was Yamaraj. Because he only got last yoga, he got vacation. This yoga, he didn't get vacation. He had to stay on the work. But I said sometimes he would sneak over and watch Lord Chaitanya. Apparently he has 14 assistants and then they can take turns of but he can't, he has to stay on top of the whole thing. So when Jagai Madai, how many of you saw the drama of Jagai Madai? Probably heard about that story a few times. When Jagai Madai were delivered, so Yamaraj came to watch it. He was watching the, the Jagai Madai delivering. And then uh, he went back to Yamalok. And he asked Chitragupta, you know, I just saw these two Brahma Rakshas, these two Brahmana demons delivered by Lord Gauranga. Jagai Madai, how much karma did they have? And Chitragupta was head accountant for Yamaraj. He said, if we put 100,000 very expert writers, Kayasas, writing for one year, they couldn't finish. He <laughs> said, so if we pile up the account of how much sin they did, it will become a mountain. But somehow, Lord Chaitanya's mercy flooded even the mountain of Jagai Mahaprabhu's sins. So when Yamaraj heard that, he became so ecstatic that how merciful is Lord Chaitanya because all the sin was wiped out. He said, glory is to Gauranga. And glory is to Jagai Mahalai. They surrendered. And he got so overwhelmed in ecstasy that he fell unconscious. So all the assistants, the Chitraguptas and all the other staff over there, the Yamaguptas, they were trying to fail, trying to wake up. Yamaraj, somehow cases were jamming up. So the other deva started to uh, realize something's going wrong in Yamaloka. The different devas appeared there. And so Lord Shiva came and he asked, What happened? What's wrong with Yamaraj? They told him what happened, immediately he knew he's in ecstasy. So he went over and started chanting in Yamaraj's ear, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Then soon as he heard the holy name, Yamaraj got up 
interesting. Then Geneva says, How merciful is Lord Goraka. He wipes away all the sins of the sinful people. And then everyone started to do a big kirtan there. Whoever the devas that weren't here with Lord Chaitanya up there, they were having a big kirtan. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. This 
is having revolution on the karma of the people. And I was thinking, like Prabhupada, he was so dynamic in his in his preaching. But he had a very high expectation for all of us. In uh, Prabhupada's arrival in uh, 1976, in his address to all the assembled devotees, he mentioned, it was Bhaktivinoda Thakur's aspiration that the Europeans, Americans, and Indians all together dance jubilantly and chant, Go! Transcendental United Nations. What the United Nations has failed to achieve, that will be achieved here. But the process recommended by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Prativiti Achi Chatunagaradi Gram Sarvatra Purcharvayimimorna. So you have to come from all parts of the world and are living together in this temple. So you have come from all parts of the world who are living together in this temple. So train these small boys. I'm very glad, especially to see the small children from all other countries, Indians, Bengalis, all together, forgetting their bodily consciousness. That is the greatest achievement in this movement, that everyone forgets the bodily conception of life. Nobody thinks themselves here as European, American, Indian, Hindu, Muslim, Christian. They forget all these designations and simply they are ecstatic and chanting the Hare Krishna Mantra. So kindly, what you have begun, do not break it. Continue it very jubilantly. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the master of Mayapur, he will be very much pleased upon you and ultimately you will go back to home, back to Godhead. Thank you very much. So all of you, by coming here to Mayapur, you're fulfilling Srila Prabhupada's desires. You're also pleasing the previous Acharyas. That was Prabhupada's advice to us that the secret of success is to please the previous Acharyas. So our previous Acharyas wanted us to develop Mayapur, to do Mayapur Mahadev Parikrama, to publish books, distribute books, to preach Namhat, and like this, that everybody in the world can also come and serve Mayapur down. And get the blessings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
these kind of desires were very dear to our previous acharyas. Today is the disappearance day of Jagannath Das Babaji. He was a great Mahabhagavad. He was known in Vrindavan as a Siddha, as a liberated soul, perfected soul. Sometimes he would take the vow and for three days and night without stopping he would just chant his rounds and chant a huge number of rounds. At the end of three days and nights of non-stop chanting loudly in ecstasy, then he would break his fast with a little yogurt and flat rice. You know, it's hard to stay awake even in the morning japa session for some. So he was uh, like this in so many pastimes. I'm not able to say all the pastimes, but if you come with us on Prakram, we visit his Samadhi temple in Navadvi. And there you'll hear many of his pastimes. One thing is that there in the back of the Samadhi temple by the Buri Ganga of the old Ganges, there's uh, the Ganges shifts many times her flow. When we think to find the earth uh, levels for our temple, we found that even the Ganges was flowing here. And then some there, there moves back and she moves back and forth. So she was going into the Navadhi town at some point. And so there's still an old riverbed there with water in it. So Jagannath Babaji, he was chanting there his rounds. He decided to come from Vrindavan to Jagannath to uh, Mayapur, Navadhi. And he said that Vrindavan, the mercy is too heavy that here the mercy is smoother, more gentle, easily achieved. So he decided that uh, he wanted the mercy of Navadim Dham. So he came here and here he realized his Siddha Sarup, his eternal form, sitting on the side of that old Ganges chanting. You can see the place, his Baitak, his Asan, where he was sitting. So he came to see Jagannath, uh, to see Bhaktivinoda Thakur at his ashram in Sarukanj, where we're also going to visit. Many different pastimes. So Jagannath Babaji, we need his blessings that we can understand also achieve our perfection one day. <coughs> and get the mercy of Lord Chaitanya. Actually, Jamaraj is described here as uh, Sudra Tvam. I mean, the covering of a Sudra. And sometimes we know that like Vibra, Sudama Vipra, when he approached Krishna, he, he you know, Shiva Bhagavatam presents himself as a Brahma 
Pandu. As a friend of the Brahmin. Others that will follow by the Brahmin, but as a very important Brahmin, friend of the Brahmin. I was thinking by Prabhupada's mercy. I'm not, I'm even lower than a Vlecha. I'm a Vlecha Pandu. Somehow Prabhupada picked me up out of that society lower than Vlecha and engaged me in Krishna's service. So, so many people Prabhupada picked up. And then Prabhupada, just as uh, here it says, Whatever everyone may be, Kiva Lipra, Kiva Nasi, Sutra Kedimai, Jai Krishna, Veta Thakta, Sai Guru Hoi, Vachitanya, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're a Brahmin or a Sanyasi or whether you're a Sutra, whatever it may be, in that regard, as the Prabhupada he said, whether you're Vyastas or whatever you may be, everybody should take up, oh, here's the mic, I want to get some quotes from Prabhupada speaking in Mayapur. This is during Gorpurima Festival, March 16, 1976. Anywhere, either you are in this district or that district, it doesn't matter. Either you are at home or outside home, it doesn't matter. You become a guru. Everyone, how shall I become guru? I have no qualification. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, you don't require any qualification. You simply require one qualification. That you repeat the instructions of Bhagavad Gita. That's all. Jadina Kotari Koho Krishna Upodesh That's all. You become a guru. Don't adulterate Krishna Upodesh like a rascal or nonsense. Present it as it is. Bhagavad Gita. Then you become a guru. You can become a guru in your family. You can guru your society, your nation, wherever you are. And when, if it is possible, you go outside and preach this mission of Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, our movement's name is Krishna Consciousness. Wherever Krishna says, whatever, excuse me, whatever Krishna says, you accept and preach. You become Guru. Shapopati. So we have many preachers here, many Prabhupada, direct disciples, many Prabhupada followers, Siksha disciples, grand disciples. Especially for our senior devotees, sometimes we find we get so many new devotees who are taking up so much responsibility in preaching. And we need uh, to
to encourage all our devotees, even many people may be in their temples, but then they get, they take Rihasta Ashram, they go into their home province and say, let's be a guru in your home. We delighted, we, uh, as the congregation minister, we, we are always trying to create better systems of congregational preaching, promote. We have our Namahata, the generic kind of, all kinds of house programs, regular programs, the Bhakti Vinod Thakur and Nardi Chinanda started. We don't know all the different kinds of meeting, but in one place, Lord Chaitanya said, five, ten of you get together, clap your hands, chant in your doorsteps. So that inspired us for the Bhakti Riksha program, small groups, where one doesn't have to be very qualified, they can be a facilitator and facilitate the meetings. But now we have from the Chopati, they have started the counselor groups where people are more senior devotees who are counselors for the younger devotees. So different kinds of programs. But almost anyone, like a Trudy Prabhu from uh, Laguna Beach, he's got uh, some Bhakti Viksha groups, different. Prabhupada, uh, one lady disciples here, she told me she has a Namhat in her home. And everybody, even uh, if you're not living in a temple anymore, if you can have some kind of a Namhat program or house program from your home, be a guru for you know, at least the people that you're in uh, association with. I think this will double our movement every year very quickly and keep everybody in the fire. One doesn't have, you see here in Mayapur, we have so many Ramacharis, but a certain percentage of them get married. It's natural, right? Not so many as maybe other places, but a certain percentage get married. But when they go home, we insist they have to, if they go home, if they don't stay serving here, insist they have to be part of the Namhat. So they go home and, uh, and they spread even 25 Namhat groups in a few years. So somehow we can have a system. Some of our devotees uh, were in the temple, now maybe they're in the home unit. That they should also be preaching. Everybody should keep on preaching. This is a preaching movement. That's all we're meant for. Whether we're in the house or whether we're in the ashram, preach, preach, preach. Whether distributing books or following up after the book distribution and cultivating the people who got the books, training them, Prabhupada said, we distribute so many books, we need to train the people so they become devotees. So all of you senior devotees that are here, you all have so much knowledge. We're all listening to the nectar. You have got it. Give it. Just like Lord Chaitanya, they gave the mercy, don't keep it to yourself. We're so grateful you're here giving it to us. And we want you to keep on giving it to whoever you meet. Jari Dago, Jari Everyone you meet, just keep on telling them how wonderful Prabhupada is. How wonderful Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy is. That's the only qualification. Even if we're lower than a sutra or lower than a lecture or whatever, but if we can repeat whatever we heard from Prabhupada and Krishna, that 
That's not qualification. Only qualification. We don't need any other qualification. And Prabhupada, I mean, he was, I was reading from, he was preaching so heavy, so amazing, some of the things he says. The visible effect of this chanting is that the members of the Hare Krishna movement, regardless of their backgrounds, all give up the four principles of sinful life and come to an elevated standard of devotion. Although past posing as great scholars, aesthetics, householders, and swamis, the so-called followers of the Hindu religion are all useless. Dried up branches of the Vedic religion. They are important. They cannot do anything to spread the Vedic culture for the benefit of human society. The essence of the Vedic culture is the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Lord Chaitanya instructed, Jade Dako Tade Ko Kishto Upadesh, Amarat Giguru Bhaya Tango Eidesh. So Prabhupada, he doesn't want us to become dried up twigs either. We have to keep on telling whatever, even I'm not qualified, I'm not able, but I have to tell you, I learned something from the greatest spiritual master that was here in the modern era. His divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Prabhupada Ki! I want to tell you that. Even though, even though I'm not able to follow fully whatever I'm able to follow, to whatever extent I've understood, it is the most amazing thing. It is the most wonderful message. Robert also said, Shari Lila, one should simply instruct everyone he meets regarding the principles of Krishna Bhakta as expressed in Bhagavad Gita as it is in Srimad Bhagavatam. One who has no interest in Krishna Kota or the movement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is like dry useless wood with no living force. The Iskar branch being directly watered by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is becoming undoubtedly successful. Whereas the disconnected branches of the so-called Hindu religion that are envious of Iskar are drying up and dying. Adilila 1274. We can revitalize, revitalize the Hindu religion by just getting all the Hindus to also glorify Krishna. That's the secret. Anybody, whatever religion they're from, whatever, if they glorify the Supreme Personality of God, head, if they do Krishna Kirtan, then they will get the mercy. I wanted to say how my very dear God brother, Tamal Krishna Goswami. He was always glorifying Krishna in so many different ways. Whether it was the here in uh, in Mayapur, or whether it was in uh, Radhadamadar party, or whether it was in China or Philippines or Dallas or wherever, he was always thinking of ways. Sometimes, you know, he had different ideas, some worked out really good, some didn't, but that's what happens in preaching, you try different things. But he was uh, always innovating, always thinking of new ways, how to spread Krishna consciousness. He was the first one to come up with the idea, I think, 
I may be wrong, I don't know who's first or second, but anyway, he was one of the first, if not the first, to come up with the idea of creating a temple community, building, buying the whole city block around the, the Dallas temple and putting rehastas there. Now we have a few communities with devotees having houses around the temple in uh, Alachua, in Nusalabon, uh, in I haven't been to Gidenaki for a few months, so I don't know, but maybe there are two other wells. It's like, we heard in Karanagati, uh, in Canada, different places, and move over that. But he, went, he had that vision first, I think, at least one of the first, anyway, to put it into practice. See, he was such a, we really need also all his followers and all those who are, are his brothers and sisters and followers. We should all be inspired by his uh, determination to preach. I mean, for us, for me, it was a personally great loss. And for all of us, uh, that we were expecting him to do a lot more preaching now that he, uh, that he had got his PhD. But at least uh, to the very, uh, the last thing he did was really forget us all to do a lot of kirtans. Now, following his footsteps, uh, some senior devotees, Bhaktivedanta uh, Govinda Maharaj, Shiram Maharaj, and others, they're doing kirtan every evening so we can get some of that nectar to go deeper and deeper into the chanting of the holy names. All of our acharyas, I mean, they were so much merciful, so merciful. Also, today is the disappearance day of Rasikananda. Rasikananda was a disciple of Shabananda Pandit, but he was authorized to initiate in the presence of his guru. Sometimes it happens the guru sees the disciple is a very dynamic creature. Many people are attracted. Generally, the disciple brings to the guru, Prabhupada said in many cases, but sometimes the guru may, in special cases, think that preaching will be more benefited if the disciple also accepts disciples. So Rasikananda was such a dynamic preacher. He was also one of these personalities from the higher level. So he was also a perfected soul. There's an interesting pastime. They tell that Ramuna, where his ashram was, that there was a yogi, some tantric yogi who had learned how to fly on the back of a branch. This would cut down a lot the cost of the devotees coming here if you knew this. They couldn't bring much luggage with them though. But uh, anyway, I'm not promoting that we had to learn that, but uh, if you see anybody flying in on the branch, we'll know. So the villagers all came over to tell Rasikananda, Guru Day, Guru Day, you should see. There's a yogi in the village, he's flying. <laughs> he's on a branch, he's flying. That time was early in the morning and Rasikananda was brushing his teeth with a bean twig. You know how, I don't know if you have a problem, it's a lot of bean twigs to brush his teeth. You get a bean twig about this big, you chew and chew on the end. The juice is very bitter and very good for your whole Tracking everything, the digestion and the motions and whatnot. I don't do graphic here, but anyway, 
Then you brush your teeth with that brush at the end of the tweet. He said, that's not important. This thing's not important. Another group came, Guru Dengari, you see this? Flying. He's flying all around the village on a branch. It's totally, it's not important. Then a third group came, you know, this time, Guru Like resonance. I told you it's not important. It was important. I would have told you about it. He took his twig out from his mouth, put it under his leg, and he started flying around the ashram. <laughs> I told you it wasn't important. It's not important. Krishna Bhakti is important. He flew back down. <laughs>
whatever, whatever you get a chance. But sometimes you got to be a little careful. I heard one person lost a job because he was preaching to the work colleagues and the boss didn't like it. So it's, this is Kali Yoga. You, know, you can't even tell people it's during coffee break you would, you know, or during lunch break. You have a little class. They said this was not allowed. So what, you can't win for losing, right? It's, uh, you're doing something at lunch break to benefit people. It's not hurting anybody, but you know, some places it's like that. He got another job, better job, and now he's going on. But uh, you got to be careful, depending. But we look for the opportunities and preach. That's what we're all here to do. That's the great examples of all these uh, celestial beings who came to this world to join Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. They all came down to preach. The spiritual beings who came down from the spiritual world, they came here and preached. And we get a chance. You know, Lord Chaitanya's movement is still here. All we have to do is get into the learning, read the Bhagavad Gita, read the Srimad Bhagavatam, repeat it without changing it. Hear Prabhupada's instructions. Get the Divyagana and then pass it on. That's what it is to be a guru. Prabhupada's not very difficult. It's like a postage, uh, postal peon. Well, they call them peons here in India. Postal delivery man. <laughs> but they really call them peons. <laughs> anyway, with the West, they wouldn't want to be called a peon, but here they don't mind it. Oh, I'm a peon. <laughs> postal delivery man. You deliver the, the postal, post it, but you don't change the message, you just as it is. So that's what Prabhupada meant by as it is. He's giving the message as pure as he can, receiving it from the previous acharyas. Whatever he has written, it's like it's like, it's like it's what he got from this, the great acharyas and gave. He's not saying I write something original. This is my original tika. It's my original commentary. No, this is what different acharyas, Madhva Acharya, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, uh, Sridhar Swami. Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhartha Saritam, so many different, there's a, there's a version, you know, seven different Acharyas who wrote commentaries in the Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. So those were the things that Prabhupada included and made it more relevant for the modern people with modern examples. And that's what Bhagavad Gita as it is, is. Presenting it as it was presented by the great Acharyas not giving his own opinion, maybe uh, different from the Acharya. That's all we have to do. Follow in Prabhupada's footsteps to whatever extent we can. And if there's something we don't know, we can always tell the magic words. I don't know. <laughs> Won't get in trouble. I'll look it up, I'll read it, I'll come back to you. So thank you again. I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for coming here for this. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.